0: Hey guys, are you ready for some money rehab?
1: Wall Street has been completely upended by an unlikely player, GameStop. That's good. I
0: mean, And should I have a 401k? Because then you I don't do, be- do it? No, I never.
1: You think the whole world revolves around you and your money? Well, it doesn't
0: charge for wasting our time (laughs) i will take a check like a old school you recognize her from anchoring on cnn cnbc and bloomberg the only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand the cold lapin on monday i told you that i think we're in a recession but does that automatically mean we're doomed to repeat the same patterns of 2008 not necessarily Today, I'm bringing you a conversation with finance industry veteran Gary Kaminsky. We caught up behind the scenes at the Made conference. So yes, heads up, you may hear some badass founder folks talking in the background. Gary and I go way back. We were at CNBC at the same time. He was CNBC's Capital Markets editor, and he was also the co-creator and co-host of Strategy Session. But that's just the tip of the iceberg with him. He's also been a suit. He worked on Wall Street as an analyst. He led a team at Newberger Berman. He was the vice chairman of Morgan Stanley Wealth Management. So let's just say He knows his stuff. I invited him on the show to talk about what the recession will look like. But as it happens with old friends, we ended up covering a lot of ground. In this interview, we talk about oil prices, best investing practices, and the beautiful beautiful force of compound interest. Here's our conversation. But here's the bigger question. There's a lot of comparison between what's going on with the economy and the market now and 08. Yeah. Is that a fair comparison or is it a better comparison to talk about 01? Because in 08, like, the plumbing of the whole system was fucked. Yeah, that's, that's not the case right now.
1: I think you can compare what's happening right now uh, to both periods. Hmm. Um, most likely the Scenario in terms of the publicly traded equity markets and what's happening is very similar to a uh, March of 2000, um, where you had crazy valuations going into the tech bubble. Um, you had the Fed, uh, obviously, in a different in a different mode, but in the mode of wanting to ring out speculation. And you had a, uh, you had all stocks. Which e- means
0: what? Ring out speculation like raising rates.
1: Well, at that time, it, at that time, it wasn't necessarily to stop inflation. Today, we're trying to wring out speculation for two things. Number one, um, by raising rates to to get speculation prices down of various assets, which help um, create the wealth effect. Which inflation wasn't a major issue um, in two thousand. So we did have two big financial buildups, the 2000 period, as well as the 2000 period, where there wasn't a tremendous amount of inflation. What's happened now because of a couple of things. COVID created massive stimulation. People got the checks, people got the loans. Uh, There was government programs that had to be put into place to keep the economy alive. At the same time, you had supply chain constraints Um, that are still happening right now, coming out of uh, China, coming out of the Far East. And then you've also got this craziness that's going on with the oil markets, which may or may not have happened. Uh, We'll talk about that because I do have some strong opinions. It's not all just about, sorry, uh, Joe Biden. It's not just about what's happening in Ukraine. Um, We could get into that. So we are in a period right now, similar to 2000, where the central bank wants to wring out speculation, but we're also like a period of two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, where we don't know exactly what the other side of tightening interest rates is going to look like. Um, you know, Powell was actually at the uh, speaking in front of the House this morning, and I caught some of that. Uh, saw some of that commentary to say that what they're doing now could very easily or very likely cause a recession is very strange in a political world. You never want to basically say to the American public, what we're doing has a high probability of causing recession. Well, your
0: homie Gorman just said it was 50-50.
1: Well, I think most people think it's greater than 50. You know, you ask me the problem. I mean, I I say it's 100%. I agree. You know, we are going to 100% uh, shrink this economy now in order to try to turn around inflation. And so I think it's I think we we're in a similar period to both 2000 from the publicly public equity markets and when a period similar to 2002 2007 8 like you said the plumbing I don't see it necessarily like we're not going to have a financial crisis but what we are going to have is something that we don't know what it's going to look like on the other side we don't know if trying to force the economy to stop and shrink is gonna have a domino effect on certain things. We've seen it, I mentioned crypto early. We've seen it obviously in what's happened with the crypto markets. We've seen it in the high technology, high multiple technology stocks.
0: Well, that's like 01 and a bunch of wealth there or a bunch of paper billionaires are going away.
1: Yeah, well, the the wealth that's been taken out of the public markets, you know, dollar to dollar, obviously we're talking now uh, 22 years later. So, you you know, you've got natural embedded inflation. But the, the, the drawdown from the top to where we are today in terms of the money that's been taken out of the system, the wealth creation, is dramatically greater than both periods already. So, um, but it hasn't had any impact on what we see right now. It hasn't had any impact, surprisingly, on, um, on the inflation data.
0: And we're all feeling it at the pump. So tell me your hot take on oil.
1: Well, listen, this is a very... Uh, Controversial subject because of everything that's happened with ESG. Uh, do do I need to explain ESG, or the audience you know knows obviously Let's the move? Just,
0: I love a good alphabet soup.
1: You know, so so there's been a tremendous amount of corporate pressure, you know, on on the businesses that create um, oil uh, to move towards a green. Uh, Let's call it a green economy. And well, it's not
0: just green. It's also like governance and having women Right, but I'm talking about and and it relates it. to oil. Yeah. Okay. So,
1: it's so yes, ESG is about environment, sustainability, corporate governance. It's about companies. And my, my simple terminology for it, Nicole, is that it's about companies not just being in the business of for profits. It's for companies, I think, in a more general sense. It's for companies also adding to society, which, by the way, I don't have a problem with. Um, but it, but it, but it, <laughs> I hope you wouldn't, Gary. No, but, You're a but, good but, man. <laughs> of course, of course. But you know, it's and every public company has been um, grappling with the idea of how to implement it. Well, and as it relates to the to the environment and to the oil companies, we've had a couple of things happening. You know, we've we'd love to have everybody in an electric car, but an electric car is not affordable for everybody, and we don't have the production to put everybody in an electric car anyhow. So we've got two things happening simultaneous. We've got a transition. Think um, I thought I think I saw something. Uh, motor vehicle registrations year to date. I saw the stat today. So good timing. Five percent of new car uh, DMV registrations were electric, hybrid. So you know you still have ninety five percent of new car um, DMV registrations in the last six months are fossil fuel. At the same time, we're trying to tell the large energy companies that we want them to use their shareholder capital to buy back stock, to pay dividends and to invest in environmentally friendly solar and wind. And that all makes sense, but at the same time, we disincentivized the oil oil companies in the last three or four years to move away from more exploration at a time where, yes, we did not know uh, Putin was going to invade Ukraine. And as a result of that, natural gas and crude oil was going to have a dramatic rise. But at the same time that this is happening, we've now created a culture where we don't want more exploration, we don't want fracking, we don't want more uh, uh, crude, dirty crude coming down to the refineries from Canada, where we could have built a pipeline.
0: But we also um, want low gas prices.
1: Exactly, we want all of it. So, so we're in a very, you know, not to sound uh, uh, completely negative and 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 terrible. We're in a really a difficult time right now. We've got oil prices, which the Fed can't do anything about. The only thing the Fed can do is they could create a scenario where if oil prices stay high, they create less demand because people have got to pay more for their mortgages. They've got to pay more for their credit card balances. And as a result, they're not going to have as much money. And so you're going to start to see demand destruction. That's the only thing the Fed can do related to oil. And the only thing Fed can do related to food prices is the same thing. Make you spend money on other things that are interest rate sensitive, so that you can you have to go. You're not going to be able to go out to dinner as much, and that has a domino effect. The restaurants, which had a terrible time running their businesses in COVID, have just had a have just finally started to get back to normal levels, and now they might start to see as what happens with typical recessions, people stop coming as much because they can't afford it. So it's a it's a it's a devil time we're entering. Hold
0: on to your wallets, boys and girls. Money Rehab will be right back. Now for some more Money Rehab. What do you think is going to happen with gas prices? And what do you think about the energy sector like XLE? We talked with your friend Guy Adami about that.
1: I think that, um, you know, as an investor, you may remember I'm somewhat of a contrarian. Um, and 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 so what we've had the last couple of days, actually, after a lot of um, a market, uh, what do they call them? Uh, market prognosticators had said oil will not go down. Some famous ones said that recently. Of course, oil topped up, and 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 oil's actually declined almost about eighteen percent, the crude oil at, at in the last couple of days. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the market, which always looks forward, is now not so focused on the supply issue but much more on the demand destruction. And so, um, you know, I've recently um, uh, talked with Mark Fisher, a uh, friend of mine, a uh, well-known uh, commodity trader, probably the biggest oil trader in the world at some point. Um, I think he agrees with me, Fish, that um, oil could easily be in a band. We could be down 20% from here a month from now. Uh, certainly, if there's any settlement, I can tell you one thing for sure, if there's any kind of settlement or any kind of peace talks or any kind of withdrawal out of Ukraine, uh, you'll probably see a collapse in the oil prices um, because there's so much uh, speculative money in the commodity. So the, f- the first sign of any type of peace agreement if uh, Emmanuel Macron, I'm gonna do it in my French accent. Emmanuel Macron <laughs> is able to uh, is able to uh, create anything. He's under tremendous pressure, as you know, in, in with the population of France to to end this right now. You have the same thing in Germany. So anything like that, oil prices will come collapsing down. The Fed will look really good. They'll be very happy, um, but I can't predict that. As far as um, natural gas. Which has also been a huge for those that uh, use natural gas for their homes, uh, either to cook or for heating of homes, or um, that's that's been that's been up actually on a percentage basis much more than um, than crude oil. Um, that's really more also of a long-term supply demand. Uh, you know, the natural gas pipelines between Russia and Eastern Europe now are shut, and so. Um, There's going to be a lot of demand, a lot of supply problems continuing for natural gas, which won't which won't correct as quickly as crude oil, which is more abundant, uh, especially you know given that what can come out of the Middle East.
0: So, how does that trickle down to folks filling up their cars?
1: So, you want to know if you're going to be paying less or more thirty days from now? Uh, So, what I will say is, if I had to in in an absolute world, thirty days from now. President will go over to Saudi Arabia. We know about this trip in July. He's going to try to make nice now with uh, with the MBS, and so there'll be a lot of um, a lot of um, talking, a-, a lot of discussion about how this is the top priority of the government. So as a result of that, thirty days from now, you'll be paying less at the pump, in my opinion. Plus, you'll get the demand destruction that the Fed wants.
0: You texted me uh, that the Fed is engineering a recession. Why do you think that?
1: Oh, well, at least she read uh, like an appropriate text, right?
0: (laughs) You're scared for a second. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Well, they are. I mean, that's what this is all about. As I mentioned earlier, um, the Fed has determined that both are bad. Uh, Both are certainly going to be bad for the midterm elections for the Democrats. And they've determined that inflation is worse than recession.
0: But- with the recession markers we could be in a recession right now.
1: Right? We probably are. The,
0: I agree with you. Yeah. But we find out about GDP later and yeah. then the market when you find out you're in a recession tends to rally, right? Cuz it's like already done. Correct. And that's what's confusing to a lot of people.
1: Yeah, so let's let's explain to Unpack people. It. Let's explain to people when they hear when they listen to some of these commentators talking on business television. And they're talking about well, we'll probably be in a recession in the third quarter or the fourth quarter. Um, the market is always anticipating uh, in in front of it, and um, you know what I've what I've said. What listening to people that um, are trying to determine okay when is it safe to go back in and buy stocks, which is sort of a silly question because if you're a long term investor, which we can get to, um, my history has always shown that you use these opportunities to continue to continue on your strategy. Yeah, you don't dollar change, cost average. You don't change your strategy because of what's happening. Um, you have to stay steadfast and the power of compounding, which we can get into. Um, Try to
0: take the emotion out.
1: You know, and so um, I think so many people are focused on trying to make a determination that when the, the, the consensus right now out there is that as soon as inflation as reported uh, by the CPI statistics – By the government, as soon as inflation has peaked, the market will rally. My history, which is – how many years have I been doing this now? Probably close to 38 years investing. My history says that by the time – Since you're in diapers. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Um, My my point is that by the time CPI has tapped out and by the time inflation, when the headline stories in the general newspapers are inflation is coming down – the market will already at that point be 10, 15% off the bottom. Um, And that's not to say, that's what people that are trying to time the market, which doesn't work. Let me ask you a question about compounding that I just mentioned this morning. Um, If I said to you- If I said to you, Nicole, I'm going to give you $10,000 a day for 30 days just for smiling and showing up, or I'll give you a penny a day doubled for the next 30 days, uh, which would you prefer?
0: Well, I know the answer
1: to this. Do you know what the numbers are though?
0: No, not off the top of my head. And it's you really,
1: really important for the. But audience. take that
0: penny, baby.
1: Yeah, so like my doggy's name. You'd, you'd be surprised how many people say they'd rather have the three hundred thousand. You know, the ten dollar, the ten thousand a day for thirty days. So ten thousand a day for thirty days, three hundred thousand. A penny a day doubled for the same thirty days is five point six million dollars. That's the power of compounding, and that's the key to equity investing. Um, because if I've learned one thing uh, as an investor, and uh, my track record was, you know, better than average, you know, you're being
0: we, modest. We we we
1: we you were we, we we, we were in the in the in the very small percentage of active managers that beat index funds, and the which reason, is
0: hard to do.
1: Absolutely, and and and
0: how many do it?
1: Well, I think history would say something like five percent of active managers. Um, Even and, though
0: they put all this like reviews on Morningstar and whatever, whatever, it's like not to
1: Want to go inside baseball and talk yes, about that? Sure yeah, do. You will. But so, so remember, and it's the most important thing I was ever uh, taught about investing that 60%, close to two thirds of long term returns in investing in stocks, and this is globally, is dividends and distributions that are reinvested, the power of compounding. Um, you don't hear about that a lot because it's not, it's not sexy. It's not, it's not, it's much more exciting to talk about a stock that goes up 35% on a given day or, you know, you never hear about the stocks. Yeah. Do you want to know why? You never hear about the stocks that go down 50%. You know, Peloton is a perfect example, right? You heard about Peloton every day when it was going up in the pandemic, going up, going up. You know what that stock's trading now? $9. It's in the pooper. $9.
0: And so so are a lot of like those pandemic hot girls at the stock market. But that's why people want a quick fix. And it's just like the old dad joke. If you want to double your money quickly, just fold it in half. Like there's no easy, fast way to double your money, but that's what people want.
1: Right. Well, if you if you
0: instead index funds and chill and dollar cost average and put your blinders on. And that to me is sexy. But yeah. Yeah. No, it's well, not well I mean, depending headlines.
1: on if you use the power of compounding to your favor and you stay invested the long term history, like hundred year history of equity investing is you double your money you know, it's like sort of the, the power of 10. Um, if you take the history, historical the rate of, of return, you know, you know is, yeah, seven, the seven years, you know, in seven years, compounding at 10%, you're going to double your money. 7.2 years. Yeah. And so, and so that's the important component to remember. Um, and that's why I, I don't like people that say, oh, I love that the market's down because I'm buying things cheaper. Nobody likes that the stock market is down. You know, But the cycle works in your favor when you stay committed to investing in up markets and down markets.
0: But things are on sale. And by the way, just because they're on sale doesn't mean you should buy them. That's correct. Just like if you go to TJ Maxx. Like- That's
1: correct. I mean, the pandemic stocks, the darlings, as you, as you call them, they were significantly overpriced. And everybody knew that they were Netflix,
0: Zoom, whatever. Because like
1: the because they, the the, the, the idea was that the idea was that this the demand that was created by the pandemic was never going to change, um, and you know the management. A lot of these CEOs have lost their jobs. I mean, DocuSign comes to mind, Peloton comes to mind. I'm sure there's others because they that's their job to figure out how to manage the businesses through the cycles. Um, but the point there is that. Those were never companies. Those were high growth, um, younger businesses that had not been able to be in a position to give shareholders big dividends and pay through Because the they're
0: growth companies still.
1: Because they were reinvesting their capital. In many cases, they were just starting to become profitable. And um, it's important to remember that just in a diversified portfolio, when we talked about active managers, it's so hard to beat the index. That's because, because you know, if you look at most active managers, uh, you may remember a phrase I current I coined back on CNBC back in our days together, you know, closet indexing. Um, and I got tremendous, tremendous hate mail e- email because I basically said most people that are managing money for individuals are doing they're basically just mimicking the index. and instead of charging eight basis points or something like that to go into a Vanguard index fund, They're charging you 1%, which is, you know, 10 times the same cost factor for the same thing.
0: Eight basis points being 0.08. Correct. It's a lot over time. I mean, you think it's like, oh, it's just like a few fractions of a percent or whatever. No, like over time, that's serious money. For today's tip, you can take straight to the bank. Do not let recession news send you into a panic. I keep ringing on experts and they just keep agreeing with me. You shouldn't get off the roller coaster in the middle of the ride and you definitely shouldn't liquidate your investments when the stock market dips. That's what the stock market does. Like Gary says, if you have a long time horizon, you should hold the course and keep your investing strategy the same. Your present self might wonder what the heck you're doing, but your future self,